Welcome to Mad Coast Live. Tonight we're doing a closed studio session with Adam McIntosh. We are at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. Adam? Howdy. How you doing? Hi, how you doing? Very good. Been in the car for a couple of days and uh, days. rolling into beautiful Madison, lovely weather. Yeah. And it's great to be here. It's, nice it's good to, to see you guys. Yeah, you too. Yes, indeed. The sun's beating down here. We get this. I know. It's right at my back. It's, is it giving me that lovely halo of light? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's good. I, I usually tour with that, but I couldn't afford it this time, so I'm glad that uh, it just wound up here anyway. Thanks for coming. This is uh, as we're just catching you here um, between things, and we just got a couple friends here in the studio today. Yeah. Um, how you doing? 
good, I think. Good so far, yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, I want to ask, you're from uh, uh, Fremont, California, right? Yeah. Born and raised? Yeah, just a little north of San Jose. Okay. Right there in the Bay Area. Do you know Michael Miller? Um, <clears throat> He's a songwriter. Is he a songwriter? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't. It's sort of like uh, I'm from Iowa. Who, Someone's saying, I know yeah, do you know, do you know Bob and Linda? They live in Des Moines. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. uh, no, sorry, I don't. <laughs> what does he do? He's a songwriter. No, but I mean, oh, as, kind of in, within songs, well, he, You yeah. guys are in, the, in, a, in a similar vein. We've had him on the show a couple oh, yeah? times, and he tours uh, nationally. But oh, cool. Just so I should keep an eye out for him. Yeah. Out, yeah. And go see him play and maybe, like, steal a couple ideas from him. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to, uh, you know, um, shoot him in the direction of uh, Steel Bridge Songfest, which we, we should definitely talk about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So that's coming up here, isn't it? It's a Sunday... Um, when is it? Sunday, June 5th through Sunday, June 12th. Is that when it is? Okay, yeah. good, yeah, because I had completely forgotten. So <laughs> we've been traveling and okay. everything's just so upside down. But no, it is this, uh, this coming week. Yeah. We all get together on Sunday night and have the original, like the first dinner okay. of the whole festival. And everybody kind of introduces themselves and figures out who does what and what style yeah. of music, what instruments they play and all that stuff is, is set up on Sunday night. Do you, are there... Um, are there new faces occasionally? Every year there, there are new faces, yeah. yeah. There's, there's some staple people that come back every year and they kind of act as ambassadors to kind of the people who not really know where they're at just yet. Right. Are you kind of in that position? <clears throat> yeah, I've been there since the first year, so yeah. uh, this will be my seventh year at Steelbird Songfest. And, um, and it's good. It's, it's good to, um, to help people who really need some direction or need to get kind of uh, into a, a writing group yeah. Because people will show up, and it's just it's so overwhelming at first, you know, like the first day, especially if you haven't collaborated before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, people will kind of hang out on the outskirts, and you need to kind of drag them in and get them into things, um, and then things go really well. But it's also good to not tell people things um, and sure. let them discover them on their own. It's really great to sit back and watch that happen. It's quite wonderful, actually. Now, where, what's the town that this is happening in? It's in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, which is like the, yeah. the crook of the thumb. Yeah. You know, if you look right. at the state, it's it's the <laughs> okay. first place you go to when you go into Door County. It's kind of the yeah. gateway to Door County, okay. and uh, yeah, which is I've, a really beautiful place. I've kind of noticed that people from Wisconsin do the hand one direction, and people from Michigan turn it the other way around. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the hand and the thumb. Yeah. And <laughs> people funny. from Italy do it, the, like, and the Florida, <laughs> right. Floridians do it somewhere else, yeah. yeah. And then I get this funny sign when we go to Chicago. No, I'm just kidding. That's, That's something faster. else. That's yeah, what yeah. it means. No. Yeah. Um, so you've been to Europe like six times with your Portland, Oregon band. Yeah, Gruesome, Gruesome Galore. Galore. What, 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 kind of, what kind of stuff were you guys doing? That was, a, that was a, a giant project. There were six people in the band, two backup singers, organist, um, two guitar players, uh, drums and bass. And uh, it's my first record, which is completely free on my website. If you just go to adammacintosh.com, it's, it's totally free to download my first record. Um, it's a piece of art, you know, uh, art rock and gospel. I wanted to get art rock and gospel to work together. And I had yeah. lived in New Orleans for five years before that. So I had a lot of opportunities to sit down with people like Lauren Pickford, um, who was uh, Chet Baker's piano player. And just, you know, four oh. o'clock in the morning, like, hey, Lauren, what's gospel music, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, man, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you go from one to the one, and you, you know, and you just give me these, like, <laughs> you know, giant pieces of information in four yeah. seconds. And um, so I came back <clears throat> from, uh, from New Orleans to Portland and, and wrote that album. And some of the songs were written in San Francisco, some of them were written in New Orleans, and some of them were mm-hmm. written in Portland. And so it was a massive endeavor to take 
six, seven, eight, nine people, I think the last tour, uh, all over to Spain and go um, from Madrid all the way up yeah. to um, just under Toulouse in France. And uh, do you know we do like 17 dates in 16 oh days, and it was it was just madness. But oh, it was I can a lot imagine of fun. with that number of people and, and, and the logistics involved. Yeah. Anybody ever get the part I'd want to be in charge of? <laughs> Did you ever lose anybody? Just like, oh my God, Frank. Our drummer wanted to rent a Harley Davidson to drive from Madrid to Barcelona one night, and I had to talk him out of it because I knew <laughs> we would lose him. Yeah. <laughs> was there tequila involved? There was a little bit of drinking, uh, a French bartender, yeah. um, a dirty rock club with a uh, bunch of German tourists at it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was down and dirty for sure. And that became <laughs> a song, yeah. didn't it? <laughs> there was plenty to write about when I got back from that tour. Yeah. Yeah. You want to play something together? I'd love to. <clears throat> All right, to give the Nashville songwriting credit to Fred Young, Fred, tireless Fred Young, um, <clears throat> I wrote this song while giving him a cigar box guitar lesson. And it was really funny because it was like, oh, you know, it goes from the one to the four and the da-da-da-da-da. And, um, and I started humming this melody with him. And by the time his lesson was over, we had written this song and then it turned into a giant rock song, which is on the Last Dancers album on my site. <clears throat>
That was great, man. Right on. That was super fun. Tune it up. Yeah, so you're playing one of those too, huh? The uh, cigar box. We had Pat McDonald on the show, of course, a while back. Yeah, Pat turned me on to it, actually, the one that uh, Johnny Lobo gave him. And then Fred got into making them, and he made one of his own, and then he wanted to learn how to use it, so he came over and gave a bunch of lessons on on everything I knew, you know? (laughs) Is he using a, a kind of a weird tuning? Uh, he has it in open E, yeah. <clears throat> and he he does it in drop D sometimes, too. Okay. Yeah. And how many strings are on those things? Just, just, just the four on his. Four, okay. Yeah, Pat's got yeah. the three and then the, the low bass string. Yeah. yeah. Drives it real well. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So your band is called The Last Dancers? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys do in that? Well, we do that song. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> it's amped up, obviously, with drums and bass and everything else. Um, a lot of delay and scream and feedback and stuff like that. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Dano Capristo produced it in Portland, Oregon. And uh, we did a lot of it from the road. So we were sending everything in as FTP tracks. Uh-huh. And I um, actually played it for Mike at Smart here. And he said, so how did you guys make this record? And I said, I pretty much FTP'd everything. And he was like, and you guys are still talking? Because <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't believe that it, it, it'd come together in the way that it did. Yeah. And it came together well enough that we released it in Europe, and it just came out there in uh, February of this year, and now it's about to come out here okay. in the States from that label as an import. Yeah, it's funny, yeah, when I asked great. you earlier, I said, do you have any, did you bring any CDs down here to the, lot, to the show to, you know, to, to hand out to some of your friends? And, and uh, you said, well, they're all in Europe. <laughs> they are. <laughs> With shipping, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Until we do a U.S. pressing of that album, I won't actually have yeah. a copy of it, although it's available all over Spain and France and Germany and places like that. That's so. exciting. That's cool. Yeah. So are you getting, uh, are you getting uh, feedback from, like on Facebook from, in different languages? I do or? get stuff on, uh, you can see on Facebook that I have friends from those places, yeah. but I get reviews from Spain and I can't read any of them because they're all in <laughs> Catalan, so it's like half Portuguese and yeah. you can see like Fantastico or whatever and you're like, oh, it must be good. You know? <laughs> I think that's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Exactly. I speak Spanish. That's great. <laughs> yeah. We we were uh, in Europe at one point, and uh, our drummer it was funny because he he'd been to to, to uh, Holland. Sure. You know, we were in Germany and Austria, and, uh, and he spoke Dutch but not German. <laughs> and he was explaining to us that. Uh, it was pretty funny. He was totally serious about it. I couldn't believe it. He said, "And you know, in some words like uh, hello means hello. It's get yeah. I we get that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's real similar, guy. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Yeah. So um, you want to play another song? Yeah, I'd love to. And this one, um, you guys can rock right along with. Um, This song is about one of our backup singers um, who was in Gruesome Galore. Um, She's actually, if you watch the video for We Used to Be Friends by the Dandy Warhols, she's the female lead in it. And um, she's one of those people that just, you know, can kind of stop a room, you know, when she walks in and just has no idea of it. And so when I put this song together, I was like, this is definitely Maya's song. (laughs) 
jaguar, a vision of the light Your jigsaw jaw, you can do anything you like You're rolling Oh, you roll so good Lord knows it's alright To shake it all night long If it feels alright Drag it gets you down. You can't stand the people, you can't stand the sounds you're rolling. But who you roll so good? The Lord knows it's alright to shake it all night long. If it feels alright. Thanks, you guys. That was super fun. So it looks like you've played with a lot, a lot of people. A lot of them. There's a lot of names in my phone. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I noticed that when I transfer it. Yeah. You know a lot of people. It's a lot of people from this area and a lot of people probably from, you know, Jackson Brown over on the other side of the world over there. Sure, in Santa Monica, yeah. Yeah. Studio there on 20th. Wow. Victoria Vox, Melanie Jean. Victoria is really coming up here. We Victoria is great. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen her amazing. often here in this area, but we hope we hope she comes back more. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah she's some constantly shows with traveling. At Steelbridge, I've done a ton oh. of shows with Victoria, and then I've just gone to see her out in Los Angeles when she comes through. Yeah, she plays yeah. up at the Room Five there. Yeah. We'll go and check her out. She's always great. So, what was your biggest influence growing up? Growing up. Um, 
probably like the six records my parents had, um, okay. which was uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water, um, Jimmy Cliff's The Harder They Come, Ball and Chain, mm-hmm. um, records like that, you know, um, <clears throat> stuff that I listened to and, you know, I was, I was trapped at the house, too young to go anywhere, too young to go out and buy my own music or whatever. Did you have a guitar with you? I did. I had a nylon string that my grandfather had bought for my mom when she was little. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but that was all I had, so. So you're playing Jimmy Cliff with your little nylon string. I was trying to figure that stuff out, man. Those guys were way ahead of their time, you know, with that, that rock. They were doing some really cool stuff with that reggae rock down there. Yeah. yeah. What was your first band like? Um, well, <clears throat> I always did solo work until Gruesome Glory. That was the first band, and it was just like, okay, well, I want everything, and I want organs and backup singers and all this stuff, so that was it. I mean, it That's was... a pretty mighty first band. Yeah, you know, I mean, I wanted, it took me five years to write that album. And it really, in my opinion, is like my novel. You know, Uh it's really, it's everything that happened up to that point. So you kind of get a real sense of who I am by listening to that record or reading the lyrics on it. Yeah. Are you going to write another one? Um, Yeah, you know, my goal in life was to write three great records Uh when I was younger. You know, when I first decided, okay, I'm going to write songs, and uh, that happened already. So, (laughs) like, (laughs) I've got plenty of time left. I guess, you know, I'll keep on writing (laughs) records, but I'm writing one with with Ruby James, obviously, now, and The Dearest. Um, We're about to go to Portland and finish that one. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, the fourth one, and then with Ruby is five, and... So it's already kind of up there. It's cool, and Ruby's going to join us here in just a little bit. And yes, we're also going to feature her in an episode as well, and both of you. So that's, that's pretty exciting. Hey, tell, tell us a little bit more about um, some of the movie work that you've done. Steam Train, Westbound, the movie. Yeah, that's a really interesting song, and I'd, I'd like to talk about it right before I play it if I oh, can. Oh, okay, sure, um, of course. But, uh, but that's, that's the only song I have right now that has a film placement, and, um, okay. and it's great because it gives you that IMDb credit, and people go, oh, yeah, okay, you've had a song in a film. Now you yeah. can have another song in a film. It's kind of that Catch-22 yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd be sitting, taking your friends there to the movie theater and go, shh, everybody, no, you're right. you know, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. No, so just, just for fun, I, I want Chris to tell you what? about the song he had in a film. What? Do you remember? Yeah. No, I don't. It was Tom... Um, What's his name? The funny guy. Oh, Tom Green. Oh, I yeah. I saw Tom Green. I don't remember what, this, what the movie was. It was really dumb, as I recall. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and sorry. we'll probably never get another... <laughs> yeah. Was he the main star in the movie? Yeah, it was one of his movies. Okay. It was, it was a in comedy it. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah. I just think so. it's really funny. That's cool. And was it was it like an acoustic song, just you and no, guitar? No, it was actually was it a, a it was kind song? of an electric tune from one of our bands had done, with, did, recorded and... And I don't even know how it happened. But did you like actively seek that, or did they find you out, or how did that? How does that work? Uh, I had friends help me get in touch with them. I already knew yeah. them, but get in touch with them as a writer and get in touch with them um, as somebody who had a potential song for their film. Right. Um, it came out of a long conversation about the person that the film is about. So mm-hmm. I knew that it was about that that right. guy and and that content. And I and I got it to him. I said, "You guys, this is." So clearly to me about yeah. this, you know, and they loved it, so they put it in. It was right in. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So more of that work? Are you going to keep seeking <clears throat> those kind of opportunities? Yeah, I'd absolutely love to have yeah. more of that work. Um, it pays well, and uh, it's good exposure, you know. Yeah. So um, we'll see. I've got a, a guy in uh, Los Angeles that's with uh, Half Pipe Music Publishing, and, um, and he yeah. does all that work for me. So, yeah, they're always pitching. Well, now we'll be looking at all the credits as they roll. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, there'll be more soon. Yeah. 
I'd like to play a song with you guys that uh, is a Dearest song that um, Anna Sachs, my fiance, and I have a band together called The Dearest, and, and we wrote this song actually at Steelbridge Songfest, um, I want to say one or two years ago, right before it started because the motel had suffered um, a fire and uh, they had to take all of the furniture out. Fortunately, all the furniture survived, but then they had to put it all back in, obviously, and get the hotel back together. And it took so long to get <clears throat> the insurance money and the people to come in and do all the work and everything that she was literally unwrapping the beds the day before 25 writers from all over the world were supposed to arrive. And so I was following her from room to room with a guitar and writing this song. And we actually, I think we wrote it in almost every room in the hotel. So it's a, it's a unique one in that sense. It's a completely different thing to say about being in every room in a hotel. <clears throat> when does that happen, right? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Meet me
That was fun. Right on, you guys. Thanks. Very fun. Just like we rehearsed it. I like to say. <laughs> Stuff happens sometimes. It's funny because I, you know, I practice being present a lot. Mm-hmm. But when you're putting a set together, you kind of have to go into the future, you know, and kind of plan out what's going to happen. And you're kind of yeah. the only person that's that knows what's going to happen in that mm-hmm. future. So it's really important that you do it. And I've discovered this afternoon that it's really hard to be in the future and the present at the same time. <laughs> Captain Kirk tried it in one episode of Star Trek, and it wasn't pretty. It, it, ended, it ended okay. Oh, yeah. Only because of bones. I should watch that and yeah, see, see what know, kind of tricks he uses. Yeah, because you meet yourself. That's all kinds of problems. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, that was more of a matter-antimatter issue, I think. But <laughs> Rather it, than the time-space. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so a, when you say you practice being present, what does that entail? Well, just not letting my mind wander off into other things, you know. <clears throat> um, it's easy to, to, to let it go. It's easy mm-hmm. to, to just not, you know, do the work. But right. it's hard to, to stay focused and stay in the moment and enjoy exactly what's happening at that very instant, you know. And that's something that I've found that when I'm able to, to be completely present in something, I enjoy it far more than I do if I'm thinking of the future or the past, you know. Right. Boy, yeah. it's, isn't it interesting? It seems so anti sort of the way you know the way that we're taught that, right, that it's not good business people you know? right multi and then then you know the recent studies they found that we're actually terrible multitaskers like <laughs> the human mind like is not, not actually in, I'm a monotasker myself <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a four track mind but I'm a monotasker yeah. that's, that's my deal yeah <laughs> it, you're right though that is really it's a hard thing to do because we're always seem to we're always preoccupied or I mean that's extreme but uh, um, and getting a lot of stuff done as mm-hmm. opposed to... But maybe we would be more efficient if we didn't think that way, ultimately. I think it could, quite or, possibly could be that way. It would be interesting to have a, a, a day, perhaps, where it's be present today, you know? Uh-huh. We'd have to get Hallmark involved and see if, oh, if they'd yeah. be into it. <laughs> Do we have to, really? It would they have seem to. to be the ones to make, you know, it, this is indeed a holiday. Yeah. So once right. they do that, then, you know, it'd be easy to give presents on be yeah. present day. Wow. Oh, no drummer to to dun dun. Okay, one more question. <clears throat> sure. um, in your songwriting, being present, um, does that help you? Like, are you a person who works on chunks of a song, or do you continue working on that song from beginning to end, or is it a variety? I used to. I used to really feel like a, more of an architect than a, a songwriter, and I used to really um, approach a song and and look at it as if it were like a, a, a suspension bridge, you mm-hmm. know? Like this, this letter over here is making this letter over here pull the bridge out of balance, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, so you just, you're moving conjugations around until the whole thing is completely streamlined. But then <clears throat> after I wrote enough songs, I started having whole songs come to me. And uh, I find that those ones seem to live longer and seem to be more appreciated and seem to have uh, more energy or life to them. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of torn, you know, I'm, I'm kind of torn in between working hard on crafting a song and just being patient and waiting for it. Right. You right. know, um, because those are the ones that I really, really love. And this one, Steam Train, which we'll play now, okay. um, is, uh, is one of those ones. Uh, I had a long conversation with Pat McDonald one night about Adolf Vandertai. And Adolf is... Um, He's the king of the hobos. 
and uh, it, it doesn't sound like an illustrious title. We but saw this on okay. public television. It's sure. all the credits from you know sure. Pat and everything. And yeah. you, yeah. you were on you. Yeah, yes, that was exactly. a great film. It's an incredible film. Yeah. It's an incredible story. And um, and the best way to express that really is that these friends of ours went to his house because they had heard a legend that the king of the hobos lived in Green Bay. And when they got there, I mean, they anticipated shooting maybe a couple hours of his story or whatever, and they shot 298 hours of footage. That just gives you an idea about this. And I won't even go into the guy's artwork, but I can tell you it's Byzantine. I mean, it's insane. So it's really well worth watching. Pat makes an incredible soundtrack. Victoria's on there. Melanie Jane is on there. Jill Sobule's on there. A bunch of other people. It's really, really well done. And, uh, And it's completely done out of love. There's no money for it whatsoever. These guys were sleeping under the editing table at night, and they made it quite a, a yeah. remarkable film. But Pat told me about Adolf Andertai this one night. We had like a two-hour conversation about him, and the next morning, this song came out. And so uh, <clears throat> a really good friend of mine, Joe Kafton, helped me get it to uh, the director, Jim Rivett, and, uh, and Shelley Young, and the two of them said, yeah, we definitely want to use this. So yeah. I'd like to play it with you guys now. Okay. <clears throat> California, get me high New York City wouldn't pay me no mind I cross the country 16 times a year Ogallala, oh my mind There was gold in the hills but the valley was dry The rain was falling like an endless trail of tears Yeah. 
California get me high New York City wouldn't pay me no mind across the country 16 times a Nice. <laughs> oh, that's great, you guys. Thanks for letting us play with you. We're honored. Oh, Quite fun. It's just like we're on a back porch. Yes, indeed. That's right. We thought about doing this show on a back porch. Oh, that'd be you know? cool. <laughs> yeah, and get the ceiling fan out there. The ceiling the fan? Outdoor ceiling fan? Yeah. Yeah. It puts a vibe on things. Yeah, and a dog. Yeah. Dro- just sitting there drooling and panting. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We met the greatest dog a few weeks ago. This is totally irrelevant, but it, it's kind of funny. His head was smaller than his neck, <laughs> so he couldn't wear a collar. Yeah, you could just pull him right off, right? Yeah. yeah. And these people are a musical family who played for their wedding. And um, the, the father's playing guitar. He's real good. And, oh, and the yeah. dog comes in and starts... Oh, singing along. Dog, dog solo? Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. I just, I just don't think we see enough... Dog singing. No, indeed. <laughs> Some good stuff on the internet, though. There's, there's one really like fuzzy wolf dog that, that talks and says hello and sings as well. It's quite cute. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it amazing? You see those, and it's like 14 million hits. Or <laughs> right. like Everybody wants to see a dog. The dancing hamster, man. <laughs> yeah, Get a dancing good. hamster, and you're on. Is that where the hamster dance came from? We can't play that, unfortunately, on the... Uh, oh, I don't know. Do you have a song called Hamster Dance? No, there's a, there's a song. It was in the soundtrack of some movie. It was, it's pretty funny. But <laughs> it winds up in those Hallmark cards that you open up. Sure. You know, the problem with those, those, those cards that you open up and the music plays is that if you give in the hands of a three-year-old, it's a deadly weapon. Oh, yeah. You know, because you can't get it away from it. <laughs> And they play it. They follow you around. And open the car. Yeah. It's like, that's nice, honey. Please stop. (laughs) Please stop. Hey, uh, 2010, performance of Forbidden Fruit, one of your tunes by the Portland Symphony. Yeah, that was... uh, Yeah. Well, that was something else. Um, Storm Large, who was a backup singer on our last tour, um, did a a cabaret show at our club, Dante's, in Portland. And... um, she wound up going on Rockstar Supernova, uh, which aired worldwide in, I don't know, 30 countries or something, and um, just became insanely famous from that. So when she came back to Portland, she was kind of Portland's hero. And um, <clears throat> the guys in Pink Martini suggested to her, you know, what you really need to do is play with the Portland Symphony. And she's just got, I mean, her stage persona is, is very trashy, but very funny. Uh-huh. It's very witty and very sharp. Um, so she just laughed at them, like, they're never going to let me into the symphony, you know. And uh, sure enough, they said yes. And uh, the first performance that she did with uh, Cole Porter and all these great classic tunes on Valentine's Day was the first time that the symphony hall had been sold out in, I don't know, six years or something. So 3,000 people showed up. It's completely sold out. And um, I hardly remember it. It was so exciting. Uh, there was a Cole Porter song and then uh, my song with... Uh, I don't know, it was a 60-piece orchestra or something. And, um, 
And then I got to meet the arranger afterwards, and he told me that uh, he had used something from a Bertolt Brecht play, like a theme from a Bertolt Brecht play and a theme from uh, Radioheads in Rainbows to do the orchestration. And so it was like as far back as you could go and as far forward, and it was just really, really unique. Um, I just got a recording of it the other day, so I've finally been able to listen to it, and they did send me the orchestra sheets and everything, so it's really it, interesting to see Was that. it recognized? I mean, I'm sure it was recognizable, but did you... Uh, um, were you amazed? Obviously, you probably amazed at what he had done with it. Oh, yeah. But was it... I uh, mean, there were bassoons and French mm -hmm. horns and just just everything you could imagine was thrown in it. Big timpani drums, and, and I think there was a harp. I mean, it was just... Absolutely gorgeous. Can you see doing that again? I mean, would it, is it, it must be really cool to hear one of your That's songs. That's a once in a lifetime like thing. That. And that was why yeah. I, I sprung for the plane ticket to be up there and see oh, yeah. it happen because I knew that, um, you know, she's going to do that maybe once a year and yeah. uh, to feature one of my songs. And it was just such a treat and, and such a rarity that I had to be there to see yeah. it. That kind ever, of collaboration yeah. really seems to be slowly creeping in from, to not mainstream at all, but like collaborations with orchestras and completely different kinds of bands. It still doesn't happen very often, but it's, it's true. so cool. Well, yeah, orchestras are needing about. to yeah. kind of punch up their, you know, their repertoire. I mean, they know that. They're, they're trying to get, you know... They need to bring the young folks into, yeah, the, into the, the theater. Right, right. And, and it's, uh, it's true. It's something they need to do, and it's, uh, they need to expose kids to that so that kids will be interested in that kind of music and it doesn't just die off, you know? Yeah. Right. Um, but there have been some really great collaborations recently with, uh, I want to say, My Morning Jacket and uh, the Preservation jazz band, Preservation Hall yeah. jazz band. I think it was those two. Uh -huh. um, or, or at least Jim James or something like that just did a record. And, and, and stuff like that I just absolutely love. I think it's really cool. It, it's happened in the past. It, Jim Schwal, a good friend of ours who lives in Madison here, a great songwriter and part of the Siegel Schwal band. And they used to do that. They, they'd done several shows with the Boston Pops, I mean, years sure. and years ago. He has some, some great stories about Arthur Fiedler and, oh, yeah. and uh, whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to ask him about that. But that's really cool when, when orchestras... Yeah. Decide to do something like that. Oh, yeah. It gives a whole other spin on the song that you just wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah. Or have it turned into an opera. There you go. And that stuff can happen. You know, like these guys, uh, James Beaton, who's her musical director, is now writing for Broadway because of this. You know, he, he, they did that show and people were like, oh, you guys are great. You should write for this Broadway play. And so their style of music and their kind of Portland, you know, young attitude is going to go to Broadway now. Wow. It's That's really great. cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Tune? Sure. sure. Okay. Okay. Um, this is a. Uh, okay. If, uh, <laughs> if you're a betting man. If you're listening okay. in here, we are with Adam McIntosh tonight here in a special. Uh, closed studio session. We've got a few friends in the audience here tonight, but a very intimate show tonight. But you can catch uh, more, much more information about Adam at uh, adammacintosh.com. It's Adam McIntosh is M-A-C-K-I-N-T-O-S-H.
I think the allergies got the best of me on that one. <laughs> Welcome to Wisconsin. Yeah, I know. It's quite something out there. Yeah. Is but it um, that's, that's the song that wound up on, um, on Stillbridge Songs Volume 1. That was the first year that I was up there. And I wrote okay. that with uh, Corey Carlson. Yeah, so you guys have probably seen Corey play before. He's yeah. great. This, th that collaboration, Steelbridge Songfest, is just magical. I mean, we've met a few people. We've had the pleasure of meeting a few of the artists there. Uh, uh, just the last year or so. And uh, it seems like the tentacles keep reaching out. I mean, this person knows this person and that they know these people and or have played with them and have written with them and it just kind of, everyone's influencing each other and, and inspiring each other. It's, it's, it's a, a massive family. It's, it's grown yeah. exponentially every year. Uh, new people are exposed to it and they go back to their hometown and talk about it to all the musicians mm -hmm. there and they all know it and become part of it and, and apply to it and get in and it just grows and grows and grows and it grows at the rate that, that Pat and Melanie Jane can mm -hmm. accommodate it. Um, but it, it does grow significantly every year. More so more do you ever get it. like all 25 songwriters on stage at the same time? At the end of every, end every weekend, every yeah, day. there's a huge blowout kind of last performance thing that everybody gets up for. Oh, I'd love to see <laughs> that. There's almost always one anthem written, you know, uh -huh. about the bridge, uh, like Party on the Bridge was written one year and it, it was just everybody on stage at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Steel Bridge. You know, yeah. we know a guy <laughs> who um, makes artwork and he does it by the pound. He gets some. Um, Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, his name is Dr. Evermore. And he gets uh, he raw steel and stuff. Yeah. And then he makes this big bird out of it. It's yeah. so beautiful. And then Sells he charges it by the pound. By the pound. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully the bridge is there for a long time and people won't be selling parts of it. it yeah, it <laughs> yeah, will be now. It will be now. They, uh, yeah. they got it on the historic register a couple of years back and, um, and they started the re renovation on it. <clears throat> a little over a year ago, and, and I think this is the year that they're going to celebrate the, the reopening of it, as far okay. as I know. I think if, it, if it's finished being painted, yeah. there's a little uh, oh, moment right. there where they couldn't decide whether to paint it silver or something. So Were they holding up paint swatches to it? <laughs> I don't know what they were. I wasn't in Wisconsin anymore when that yeah. part of it happened, but it was, I was watching it happen on the internet, and yeah. I was like, okay, eventually they're, they're going to pick silver, I hope. And, yeah, well, hopefully they didn't they have a husband and wife there, because they'd be arguing about that. For, <laughs> and I'm not speaking from experience exactly. Maybe, maybe I am. Red or green? Uh, it was a yeah. committee, which is even worse. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah, but if you want to stay married, you actually... You actually pick a color. You say yes, dear, a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um, should we do one yeah. uh, uh, with Ruby? Sure. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah. call it a day. Does that sound good? You bet. You bet. Okay. <clears throat> All right, Ruby. This Ruby James is coming up here. And please uh, stay tuned for uh, an upcoming episode when we're going to feature Ruby James and Adam's going to join her. Ruby's been very polite in the studio audience here today. Hi. Okay, so <clears throat> you guys are gonna shout out the choruses with us. Um, I wrote this song with James Hall at Steelbridge, and so I'm trying to include a couple of those songs tonight. Um, and uh, there was one other writer on it, but it'll take me a minute to remember because there's so many. Um, but uh, <clears throat> if you be my dolly, I will be your roustabout. Is if the chorus of this song? Yes, indeed. And uh, it's got all kinds of Louisiana on it, so go ahead and color it up if you like. <clears throat> I've been trying to love you, but you take so Take so long 
Thanks, you guys. Thanks so much for singing. <laughs> Mr. Adam McIntosh. Go to www.adammcintosh, M-A-C-K-I-N-T-O-S-H, adammcintosh.com. Special thanks to uh, Sweet William for helping hook up this show tonight. Killer Brammer. Special thanks to Andy LaValle, podcast technical producer and engineer, Mr. Andrew Rendorf, our audio intern. Thanks to WORT 89.9 FM, and thanks to the Brink Lounge. And thank you all for listening. You can catch all of our podcasts on mantoslive.com.